Cody, does this podcast spark joy for you? It doesn't spark joy, but it is. <laughs> it, it brings it brings a lot of. Can we start over? No, I, don't, I was so no, ready. Can we do it? Okay, Keep going. fine. Okay, fine. I feel like I'm Demi Lovato in a frozen yogurt shop right now. I'm feeling triggered <laughs> and terrible. We talk about that. We talk about sparking joy. We talk about the fact that I'm not lonely. You're not lonely. And we have Claire with us here today. We have Claire of Beat Off who makes jewelry, beaded things, and um, hop into your little deuce coop and turn up the volume because we are getting into it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Summer has arrived and are you ready for summer? I mean, it's May in a couple days. By the time this episode comes out, it's probably May. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's crazy. I know. And I don't think we have a choice to be ready. It's here. It's knocking. It has its suitcases. It's getting comfortable. <laughs> to Not to belabor the point, but I feel like it's literally March 2020 still. And it just doesn't make sense that it's May 2021 already. And I'm just like, dude. The time is moving dude, way too fast. Uh, do you like, do you fuck with summer? Is summer like a good, like, do you like the heat? I mean. So I've never um, welcomed summer with uh, arms wide open. But <laughs> I've never been that person, but I'm turning into it. Yeah. I'm really excited for summer and I hate summer. I like the heat when I'm not working. Yeah, working in Ojai in the summer is really it's brutal. Miserable. It's actually miserable. I don't have like summer outfits ready. I'll you say don't? that much. I don't have like a go to pair of shorts. I need a whole new wardrobe because I can't fit in anything anymore. So? But I'm working on there it. There you go. We're, we could talk about it all the time. Yeah, That's all you, we do is talk about it. You were in class on Wednesday with <sighs> Kaylee Crane Fitness, mm-hmm. and it was Wild Wild West. It was crazy. It I'm, was crazy. I almost puked. Yeah. It was such a hard class. Oh my god. It was it was a little intense. A little intense, but I go through phases obviously where I feel like I have to push myself really hard to show up and then days that feel like easier to show up and I'm in a like really excited easier to show up mode. Not yeah. to say that makes the workout easier, but it makes showing up easier and then Yeah. Yeah, I'm more It was motivated. a good workout. I was just I mean Speaking of wanting to puke, I'm also, <laughs> we're here today bright and early. Well, I, I mean, it's 10 a.m. now. Who cares? They don't care. But we got here early. <laughs> and I had a good old time with you last night and my friend Jennifer at Topa Topa Brewing Company. Yeah, you had a few level lines. Uh, how many beers do you think I had last Five. night? Oof. I feel it this morning. I quantify everything. So I'm like that friend that's like, oh, no, you've had seven drinks. <laughs> like, uh, not that it matters. <laughs> I had I had five and I, we had such a fun time. It was like the first time we've been out to like a real bar to like yeah. hang out at a bar. And um, I think that's why we just on a Wednesday night started drinking like that and had a little Sama for dinner. Just so fire. Yeah. So it was a locals night. Yeah. I ran into what's her nuts. She, you know. I don't think we said hi last night, but then this morning I got out of my car and she was like, "Oh, Brittany!" And she was, "No, it wasn't Brittany. Who was what's Brooke. the other Brooke? Is Brooke?" And she goes, "She goes, you hung over today, Cody." That was what she said when I got out <laughs> of my like, car God this morning. It. I'm like, "Why are why are we why do we keep running into each other? I can't you and go I." Anywhere. I think that's why I told her. I was like, "You're everywhere." That's what I said. She's everywhere. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's funny. I think for people like us, or at least my current lifestyle, is that I don't really like go out and drink out a lot but when it does hit it's always random it's always spontaneous and it's always a little too much (laughs) well we had meant to go somewhere else and i got down there we were going to meet for dinner at the nest and i I guess they're closed last night i didn't even know i thought they're closed tuesdays but i don't know what was happening 
but I was early and so I thought I'm just gonna go visit Steph and have a beer and then it turned into I was there for probably six hours it was amazing I was there all night you were there my whole shift you closed it down I closed it down and then Jen and I went and laid she has a concussion this morning which is scary but we laid in the middle of the intersection signal no high avenue and because it was like late and we just thought it'd be fun to lay in the middle of the street and she like flopped herself down and hit her head on the street so hard last night Jen I know I was concerned I was like are you okay she's like yeah I'm fine like whatever like who cares and <laughs> I was like baby. I asked her like five times I was like are you sure because that was really loud and she's like no I swear I'm fine and then I just went over this morning real quick and she was she goes yeah I'm in pain my head hurts and I'm Aww. like oh no like she really hurt the back of it her head it might have also been the wine it's a combination of things but it was like it's just a, a bump. bump yeah so Cody, and it was the wine too you know? you're not lonely I'm not lonely. I put that on my notes. I like had this realization that like I'm not lonely. And is it weird that I'm not? Is it weird that I'm not lonely? No, I think we're so used to being in a state of like checking in on ourselves that when you're finally comfortable or content for a moment, you're like, is this normal? Is this okay? Am I allowed to do this? Right. Or just everybody <laughs> like relationships seems to be the end game for people. Yeah on paper and I have so many like people in my life that are in beautiful great relationships and sometimes I wonder if people are like like oh when are you gonna find someone Cody or oh you're gonna find someone it's like maybe I don't want to I don't know it's kind of weird I'm like I don't I don't really seek that and when I'm actually in a relationship I feel like um almost like I'm doing it just because I feel like it's status quo I don't know I don't know. I just had the realize. I don't know. Yeah, monogamy is like so mainstream and so forced down our throats with movies, TVs, blah, blah, blah. And even in the movies and TV shows where someone like you is like, I'm fine. I just want to be single. Like, guess what happens at the end? Right. You fall in love. And watch, I probably <laughs> will. But it's like, I get frustrated when it's like, I've said it before where I'm like, I'm not really big into like relationships. It's like, I don't, I have really great friendships. Mm-hmm. I'm close with my family. I have, you know, um, I'll like date if you want to call it that, even though we don't have dinner, like I'll hook up, you know, and it's just like, I feel satisfied. And I hate when I've like said this to people before and they're like, you're just afraid of commitment. And I was like, why does it have to be a bad thing that I don't want to be in a relationship? Why does it have to be a flaw of mine? Thank God you don't want to be in a relationship and you're not forcing one. How many people do that? Right. Thank God I'm not in a relationship and I'm not into commitment. Yeah. That's why everybody's cheating on each other. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, or like, I don't know. It just, I, I, I don't know. I'm curious of you guys too, if there's anybody single out there that like is loving it and not in a sense of like, it'll come along when it comes along, but maybe it won't. And that's fine too. Yeah. I do have to say, I don't want to be like an old dying person with nobody. You won't be Cody. I won't be. Also, I think... Because I won't be old and dying. I'm going to die when I'm 30. Yeah, you're dying I like tomorrow. I keep having premonitions that I'm going to die. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> maybe don't do that while okay. I'm like, right now. I don't want to. Okay. I just can feel it's going to happen soon. I also Mark think my words. that being comfortable with yourself, you're someone who really like fills up your cup when you have alone time. Oh, big time. It's so important to be able to do that. I schedule in alone time. People are like are you free tonight? And I'm like, no, I'm actually not because I had plans to do a face mask and watch a movie by myself. That's like what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I, speaking of urban cafe, one of my favorite mm. things to do mm. back before COVID is I would go take myself to lunch, bring a book, mm. eat at urban cafe, mm. read a book, stay on my phone, whatever I felt like doing, go to target, maybe go down to the beach. This is what I used to like do. And I called it master dating. Cause I would take so myself out cute. on a date. 
just take myself on a date and i love Master it I, oh, I tried to marry myself i've made a um account on the knot or whatever yeah and i said that cody creighton and cray were gonna get married and basically i just wanted a registry and i wanted free things you just want gifts and i want a cool party maybe for my 30th birthday in july it'll be my wedding to myself yes <gasps> should i just marry myself at madonna inn yes wow wow i'm gonna do it sorry emily oh wow that's true well emily <laughs> yeah that's true emily and i are still gonna have a baby together okay oh the police are coming the popo um, they can't hear that so it's irrelevant we sang the beach boys last episode <laughs> and you don't seem to be done because in the notes you said beach boys yes more beach boy talk yes because i went and was like talking to asa about our beach boy moment and how much fun we had and then we listened to the beach boys all weekend and we were talking about brian wilson and we were talking about kokomo and he was like brian wilson had absolutely nothing to do, do with kokomo he what? was he was out of the band for like a couple years when they wrote that song Serious? so the beach boys wrote that song without brian wilson fun fact uh and then another song that they have is Little Deuce Coop. Little Deuce Coop, you don't know what I got. And I think I have it, a Little Deuce Coop. Yeah, you I do. do. <laughs> and that song's funny because they. I just had this moment where he and the he has a line that's something along the lines of, "I'm I don't mean to brag, but I have the far, fastest car in town." And it's like. I think that's the beginning of the f- the term we use flex. Like he's flexing, he's but flexing. he's like, don't call me out for flexing, but I do have the I fastest don't mean to brag, but the, that's actually the origin story of Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yeah. It's the little deuce coop. Little deuce coop. Y- you're it's a little so deuce coop. That could be a good um, insult. What are your top <laughs> three favorite Beach Boys songs? Oh, oh yeah. we Ace and I did this. Good Vibrations. Ah. Uh. I love colorful clothes. We can't sing. I got feedback that it's annoying when we sing. From who? I want to say. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I honestly, you know, don't it was. I'm triggered. Care. It was from Christmas. We were singing Mariah Carey for about five minutes to start the episode, and I got a text. I was like, "That was a lot of singing in the beginning." And so it wasn't feedback that they don't like us singing. I just am conscious of Maybe not trying to do Maybe they said that was a lot of singing. Like, cool. That was a lot of singing. Thank you for providing <laughs> free show for us. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Good um, vibrations. I'm big enough. Yeah, I like the part. Vibrations. I like the part in that song where it goes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. So that's the Beach Boys talk. Cool. Cool. I like that. I like that. I like when they Ventura County line. I always thought that was so exciting when I was little. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, they're from California. Cal- they're just like California cuties reporting for duty. I feel like Kaylee just needs to have two more little boys and they could create a beach band. And- what if she has twins? <laughs> I think she'd know by now, dude. She would. Yeah, she had a sonogram yesterday. <laughs> that little baby looks so like a cute little ghost. It was um, like this little black and white sonogram what baby. What is Demi Lo- Lovato doing now? Oh, Demi Lovato. Do you like her? Um, I want to hear what people think about Demi Lovato. I think it's frustrating the way that people, the way that people support her during her um, like drug issues is really frustrating because there's a million people struggling with drug issues and their families push them away. No one uplifts them. They think they're gross. They think they're bad. Blah blah blah. She almost died. Okay, yeah. How many drug users do you know that have almost died? But why are you mad at her about that? I'm just I'm frustrated. I guess I'm not mad at her. She's using her voice and stuff, but it's really frustrating to see everyone uplift her when I'm like, you probably have someone in your family who could use some support. Like and Mm -hmm. you've totally written them off because she's rich and famous and pretty. So it reminds me of that cult underwood thing same thing it's not her fault it's just frustrating there's not to get sidetracked but there's that colton underwood dude that was on the bachelorette and now he came out as gay 
And first of all, apparently, I don't follow any of this shit, but apparently he's like a piece of shit and he like stalked a girl, but like it was threatening her, abusive, blah, blah, blah. And he came out as gay and now he got immediately a show on Netflix where Gus Kenward, the gay Olympian who's like super masculine, white, um, gay guy, um, and Colton is super masculine, white, gay guy, and he's going to be his gay guide and show him how to be gay or help him. And I'm like, I saw someone, I thought that was the dumbest thing. So I was like, what the fuck is this show? This is so stupid. And someone's like, Lil Nas X, like, what has been so scrutinized still is to this day. And he came out and built his way to the top as a black gay guy. And where's his show? Where's his gay guide? He didn't need one because you don't need one. I just think it's stupid. Same with Demi Lovato. It's like, yes, it's bringing aware, but I mean like with her drug thing and like her overdose is tragic and you don't want anyone to have an overdose. Of course not. But I hear what you're saying. It's like, can we not put the focus on something else? Why are we, well, we have an opioid crisis in America. Like let's focus on that people. If you really want to rally behind something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I find her really irritating and what my notes were about, was that she attacked a small business and I thought that would irritate you big time, Yeah, Stephanie. what happened? So Demi Lovato struggles with an eating disorder, which I do too, so that's on my radar. So here we go with with something that kind of yeah. relates to both of us, right? The eating disorder and then small businesses. And she went on a rampage on Instagram. She went to a frozen yogurt shop and the frozen yogurt shop only had like 4,000 followers. It wasn't like a chain. It's like a mom and pop yogurt shop, right? She goes in and she goes off on Instagram about how triggering it was that they have sugar-free items available and that that's diet culture and it's triggering for people with eating disorders and it made her feel guilty. She goes, it was hard for me. And, um, was saying how awful and she goes do better and like tags them this little business like imagine bliss frozen yogurt on ohi avenue if a celebrity tagged them and like how dare you have sugar-free things that triggered me do better and like she has all these crazy fans as these pop stars do and they start flooding the yelp page of this small business saying how awful and and that they promote eating disorders and that they trigger people's eating disorders what the fuck? And the people responded, the shop responded to her in the DMs. And they said something along the lines of, we try to cater to people's dietary needs, such as diabetic, yada, yada. Like, it has nothing to do with diets. It has to do with some people cannot eat sugar and still want a sweet treat. And Demi Lovato, like, wrote back the meanest thing, screenshot it, and posted it on her story to make the business look even worse. But it really has made Demi look worse. And I just thought it was gross, like... Why are you coming after these small businesses, girl? Like, what are you doing? Well, do you go to Target and see their sugar-free options and fucking light them up? Right. That, well, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. Like, what are you going to do? I, 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 You don't see Diet Coke on a menu and you go, fuck this place. Yeah, I want to break this down more. Demi Lovato had an opportunity to teach her followers about sugar-free items and how it does affect the diet world and how it does affect bodies that are trying to lose weight and right. how it does affect people that have body issues. It had nothing. It has nothing to do with the business. She had an opportunity to educate her following base, and instead, she took that opportunity to bring down a small business. Like, if yeah. you want people to understand what sugar-free does, and I've read into this because I've done the dieting and I've done the body dysmorphia, and I understand like how frustrating it is that. I get where she's coming from, but at the same time, it's like you had two avenues to go down and you went down the bad one, dude. And why? And like, for what reason? And just kind of like fucked up. I just thought the whole thing was fucked up. And I really hope that 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 town 
that town will take care of that small business i fully I believe think in that, that the business is getting support now because people are not on demi's side except for you know how these pop stars have these crazy ass fans yeah where the if, demi pages if, and if pages taylor swift slipped on a banana peel then her fans would go and start burning down um, produce stands yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like these fans take it too far and to flood someone's instagram page especially now when businesses are struggling so hard especially frozen yogurt that's so 2008 well, and that's <laughs> they're trying to well, stay afloat it's, it's such a personal issue to put on a business like your expectations of who i am it has nothing to do with who i actually am yeah like, i'm sorry Come if on, i went into bliss and i'm trying not to eat chocolate and i see chocolate it's my opportunity to show my power in that moment and not feel triggered by them and blame them for that. Oh, you're a yogurt shop and you have sugar-free toppings? Like, duh. Sugar yeah. Sugar-free yogurt. Like, like, oh, God, it's really frustrating. Do I, I agree with certain things about diet culture being toxic. About, of course. It's not like there was a poster in the frozen yogurt shop. She walked yeah. in and said, hey, fatty, yeah. if you want to lose weight by <laughs> summer, then you need to eat sugar-free stuff. Yeah, it's not like it was like, Shh, uh, new yogurt with fewer calories so you can have more and not feel bad. Like, there we go. It like, was that's... just a option of a sugar-free cookie, and she lost her fucking mind. I, well, it's I like find going that to a so brewery annoying. Being like, you don't have a gluten-free option. How could you? Yeah, that's triggering my celiac disease. How dare you? Don't go to the frozen. I yogurt. dated someone who had celiac disease. That's gnarly. It's a bummer, dude. That's a gnarly disease. Yeah, he couldn't eat anything. Yeah, he couldn't. It can eat manifest anything. in a lot of really fucked up ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have some guy. for sure. Poor guy. Um. Well, but I just want—I just thought that was crazy, and I'm like, dude, she just wouldn't let let it go. I'm like, just fucking drop it. Speaking of diet culture, you want to? <laughs> well, can I just say, looking at your notes, when we usually, we I feel usually like have like a longer time. We usually in have between. like a longer time in between, and Stephanie had her only notes were Beach Boys, and then this morning, all of a sudden a bunch popped up and they look like you just came up with random things because you didn't know it to, like these two tacos and then the next one is chocolate chips I, do you want to talk about I, that yeah of course okay but they're separate notes <laughs> kind of what did you have to say about either so last why don't night, you pick which one you want to talk about I'm talking about both bitch last <laughs> night <laughs> last night I got home from the brewery after we were like hanging out or whatever and I was like shit we're recording tomorrow I have no notes I go in, all I have is Beach Boys, and I'm like, great. Um, and so I just wanted to talk about what was happening in real time. I made tacos when I got home from work last night. I made a taco. and Was then it yummy? You it was, sent me an Instagram that was like, I almost called it a Snapchat. How vintage. I, was also, I also ate chips and salsa. Yum. And, well, it's hard when you're, we were so slammed, and I was running around on my feet for six hours, and I hadn't really eaten dinner, you were so, so busy. I have to eat. Like, sorry, guys. Um, and I ate a taco, and I ate chips and salsa in bed, and then I really wanted something sweet, so I just... Took out a bag of chocolate chips and we're eating chocolate chips. You don't do that? I just thought it was fun to talk I... about. Okay, this is what I want to talk about, tacos. Oh. Um, get your British accent warmed up. All right. Nope. And say no. taco. Taco. Like, give me a sentence, you know? Oh, um, what do British people say? We're going down to the pub and gonna... Excuse me, sir. <laughs> do you know where the taco shop is? See, you're going... Yeah, I think it's Taco. I think they taco. say taco. Oh, they do because they say pasta. They say taco. Taco. I'd like pasta. Um, today I was in line at a nondescript coffee shop because I don't <laughs> want to make fun of their customers. I was at Why a not? certain coffee. I don't know. It's Beacon, baby. I was Beacon, baby. But listen, it just be like that. This absolute supermodel 
of a woman, it was a supermodel's head and then two legs. That was like what she had going on. She was just like <laughs> so tall. She was in like a jumper and she had one of those like half British accents. Yeah. And just listening to her order, I was like just giggling to myself, just just giggling to myself. She's like, I have quite of a large order. Um, I, It was like going in and out. It was yeah. like she was losing reception on her accent. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, I would please like a latte and then an almond, um, I'll take an almond um, <laughs> croissant. And um, do you happen to have any granola and yogurt? Yogurt. yogurt. That's so annoying. Yogurt. There's certain, there's certain things that British people say, which they, their accent was before ours. You know, it's not that this Hollywood accent, the California accent is the baseline accent. No, there's other people who talk differently than us, believe it or not. It's just, I think that our accent is spoken more media and it's funny to even call it an accent, but it is an accent, what we have. I know. They say British. British. Talk about not pronouncing teeth. Aluminium. Oh no, It's of aluminum. Aluminium. Aluminium. (laughs) Or they call the trunk of a car a boot. Cute. Is it? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. A boot feels like a wheel, but, you a know. A boot. Um, Aluminium. Oh, what was I going to say? Is it important? Probably not. <sighs> What's your favorite accent? What do you I think? Don't know. Is, I, do you every, think any accents are hot? Like, some people get really into accents. I don't know. Every accent I start ends up being Southern, like, by the end of the sentence. Like, it just, it gets twangy. I'm not twangy. saying what do you like to do. I'm saying, like, do, when people talk, is there a certain one that you really love? I love Southern accents. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of New Jersey, and Jersey oh accent God. is just different. Yeah. We watch Sopranos, wow. so I know so, what you're talking about. I think the Real Housewives of New Jersey was inspired by the Sopranos, because they're very... <laughs> the first few seasons are around when the Sopranos was hot, and they were very mafia-adjacent, or pretending to be that they were mafia-adjacent, even though they weren't like, my family owns the banquets. We, we, we run a banquets, and you don't want to mess with our family. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why not? What why? are you going to do? you do catering? Yeah, you do catering. What you do you spit in the food? Yeah. You don't want to mess with all meatballs. They're like, there's this mm. one guy on it named Danny. The meatball recipe. And he's like the wise guy. And Danny, like, he's always with this one housewife, Danielle, who's like the bad guy on it. And Danny's just this little pipsqueak, but he thinks he's scary. And he's always shrugging his shoulders. And he goes, a punk is a punk is a punk. And the manzos are punks. Whoa, I love that. A punk yeah. is a punk is a punk. And the, the creepy, he reminds me of one of the weasels from like a Disney movie. You know, mm. like those old school weasels mm-hmm. with like a cigar. He's like... What does he say? Someone was like, oh, you're in for a surprise tonight trying to be nice. You know, like we have good things coming. And he goes, oh, a surprise, huh? I'll show you a surprise. That sounds like a threat to me. It's like, ew, (laughs) who are you? I don't know. It just, I like Jersey accents for sure. Amazing. Sometimes I don't know how I talk. You just listen back to the episode and figure it out. No, I mean, I get people telling me that I talk weird all the time. Yeah. Remember when you told me I don't pronounce my T's or whatever last episode? You know, like a few people reached out. (gasps) Were people mad that I said that? No, they were trying to come for me, A, which was hilarious. Come for you. They were like, it's okay. Hey, like- you no teed little bitch. <laughs> what do you mean, come for you? Comfort. Oh, comfort. I thought it was a comfort. You're like, hey, bitch, you better start pronouncing your T's. And I guess um, a couple people told me that it's like a California thing. So I'm just going to take it with stride, guys. Really? It is. I am I'm who curious, I am. I'm curious because we're both California people. I'm curious if you're not from California and you listen, what are things that California people say or do or do or pronounce that is like classic California? I think we're probably like super annoying. You think? Oh, yeah. I know. I know we are. 
Yeah, we're super. Annoying. We're not as annoying as Florida. We have an air about us that we're so cool though. Like oh, we are we go, cool. We're, like, oh, we're from California. Well, I yeah. think we are cool, and I think that's why See, we have that air issue. about us. <laughs> this is the issue. And I think that we take things slowly. Like East Coast people talk so fast, and they just like are in such a hurry, and they all. I've I like to think I have the I think I have the wit of an East Coaster and the energy of a West Coaster. Yeah, I I don't know. Y'all get up too early on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? They're up at like five a.m. Well, just that's for that's the eight a.m. Sometimes I think that too, but then I'm like, oh, there's a time change. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything to them. They're still getting up at five a.m. Oh, you get used to the time. It's all the same fucking oh. thing. <laughs> I don't know. I've never traveled. I don't know really how time works. <laughs> also, I don't believe in time. Amazing. I told you that. I don't believe in time. Um. Time after so wait, time. we need to plug our episode interview that we have. What is that? Claire from Beat Off. Oh, is it Claire? Are we doing Claire in this episode? Yeah. That's so cool. I love Claire. I know. She came and recorded with us, and I think Cody and I both view her with like heart eyes. Like she's just she's embodies cool. a cool woman mm-hmm. and she's everything I want to be. And so being in the same room with her made my heart happy she's talented as fuck too and she was just kind of fun to kick it with and she was a good sport to come down here so early too but she said she was up she's like an east coaster she yeah, gets up she's early ready. okay so it's beat off with claire um she makes handmade jewelry she does incredible beaded patches she's yeah. a super punk rocker loves the classic she's a rock. super punk rocker love her to death um she's been on the ohio adventure scene forever i take it easy they're gonna get uh, plenty of her they're gonna get 20 minutes of I'm her given, later i know we're You're doing just pitching it. No, it? I'm pitching it now because now we're going to feed in the interview. Oh, right now yeah. is the interview is coming? Yeah. Is Claire ready? Claire? 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 Are you ready? <laughs> All right, Claire, let's hear it. We have with us Claire from Beat Off, and we're so excited to have you because I just call you cool girl Claire. I've talked Aww. about on the podcast that I remember you from high school, and I just thought you were the coolest thing. I'm so happy to sit next to you now. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I think we're equally excited. I feel as enamored by you as Cody does. I think you're super you talented, bet. and you seem very cool. You're on the music scene. You hand make jewelry, which seems impossible, but... <laughs> Yeah, we're thrilled to have you here. Um, I think Cody was really excited to talk to you about music and bands, and it's like kind of a part of your cool persona. So um, you make patches for bands. Yep. And you just have like a great pulse on, it feels like, local music and elsewhere. How did that start? Um, I think just growing up in Ohio with not much to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, we've always had a good music scene, like punk rock and roll and then doing booking at the deer lodge for a couple years oh yeah definitely got to revisit that um yeah it's always been a big part of my life just rock and roll very cool (laughs) and so how do you choose what bands to make patches for is there like you see a big fan base or something and then you go for it no not at all like (laughs) most of the bands I do, like, I don't know them personally. It's all, like, 70s, just classic bands that I really love. Um, And that's how I got started. Uh, Just one day I was, like, I'd always done beadwork, and one day I was, like, wouldn't it be cool to 
incorporate the love of beading with like this whole patch and like rock and roll culture. And I'd never seen a beaded patch before, so I just like drew it out. And my first one was a ZZ Top patch. Love ZZ Top. Yeah. Amazing. I love them. Yeah. It seems super meticulous. It really is, but it's a f- kind of a form of meditation, I feel like. Like I just zone in. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. do your fingers ever hurt? That's like my main question. Um, yeah, definitely. Like my hands and stuff, I'll, I'll have to take breaks for sure. <laughs> your patches are beautiful. Your jewelry is beautiful. You're wearing Thank some you. right now. I know that this has got to be you because you have a signature style for sure. Aww. And um, her Instagram is beat off. And I think it's such a fun play on words. Like yeah. beat off, and even your logo is this little man just jacking off into. Well, is he jacking off bead into bead jars? Bead jars. Oh my God. And I only like to wear patches that I know have semen on them, so it makes me feel good yeah. buying from you only. <laughs> no, but I I have the pride patch that you made, yeah. and it's so cute and it's so awesome. And we were talking before you came over here that, um. Well, the focus seems to be on these like really cool bands that we all know and love and kind of grew up listening and your jewelry. There's also, you are very, um, inclusive and you, and you like to get involved in things like that. For instance, the pride thing that was for, that was to raise money, wasn't it? Yeah. Just a little incentive to donate. Like I don't like taking donations directly, but if I see like proof that someone donated, I feel like. You know, and if they make a big donation, they can get the tax break. I'm not, like, gathering thousands of dollars and right. doing it myself. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, like, a cute little incentive. And if I don't personally have the money, then I can just, like, work my ass off to <laughs> to get other people yeah. to donate, which yeah. is cool. That's a really smart way of looking at it. And it seems like you have, a, like, a it's important to you to be involved in social and environmental justice, which is really cool to see. I think that that's something that sets a small business owner apart from all the others is like their involvement in the community and using their brand and their, like what you have to do good. Like you said, okay, I don't have the money to donate, but I know that I can, you know, encourage other people too. And that's huge. It's really cool. Yeah. And it's cool. I mean, like you were saying with small businesses, it's so much easier to know what a small business is about and what they support. And, by supporting businesses that support um, topics and issues and things that are important to the to you as the consumer, you know you don't know if these big companies are are feeling the same way or supporting the same thing. So that's why it's amazing to support businesses like you. Is there a um, a band logo that is a favorite of yours that like you just love to bead whether it's about the colors or what is it do you have a favorite band logo um i think i've surprised myself where the logo seems super hard and then i actually draw it out onto like a pixelated it's like a quarter the size of graph paper so like really small and it's always kind of daunting at first. Like, am I going to be able to get that kind of detail? And with the MC5 patch, I was like, damn, I did that. <laughs> like, So, yeah, just seeing, because you're not going to know what it's going to look like until it's completely done. And, you know, sometimes halfway through, it's like, well, that's not going to work. 
Um, but that one, yeah, I think it turned out really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I own a ring of yours, and I would say that it's easily one of the nicest things I bought for myself. They're it beautiful. Felt, it totally felt like, I don't know, I felt like I was like really honoring myself. I've never bought myself a nice piece of jewelry, and so it was so cool, and I like, I cherish it. I get compliments on it constantly. It, for me, it feels gaudy, like not in a, I don't know, I'm not using that word as a weapon, but like, it feels very flashy, but at the same time, it's like understated in a way that's just like really simple it's just simple and beautiful so yeah. i'm obsessed with you, your jewelry you did get some very flashy stones did. <laughs> did you? it's huge i should have worn it i don't know why i didn't think about that it's like she got moonstone and oh. labradorite right yeah yeah so and those are flashy. it goes at my whole finger basically <laughs> are you a believer in in crystals and semi-precious stones yeah i do at first, when I'd write product descriptions, I would get really in-depth with that yeah. stuff, which was leading me to really study up on it. Um, and then you kind of see this repetition, like all of them will like bring you good fortune. And <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's an extent. It's also interesting because people actually grind them up and consume them. No. So, yeah, so there's like either a like topical benefit yeah or in, to ingest it so you know i mean it's like something that comes from the earth it's like minerals like yeah. you know we eat like salt every mm -hmm. day because it's good for us so on some level yeah and i think just the intention of like you have this thing from the earth and you're like aware you got it for a purpose like you put intention into having it um, so on that level, but I mean, I wouldn't claim like, you know, you're going to heal some crazy <laughs> right. health issues with a crystal ring, you know, but I do like that aspect of it. Oh, I think you make a great point. I feel like it's almost manifestation in having it on your body because if your intention is to heal and you buy a crystal ring that will help you heal, it's a constant reminder. It's a dumb example, but you know when kids wear those what would Jesus do bracelets? Yeah. It's almost like that. It's like a constant reminder that you are dedicated to your healing. And so I love putting that into words because I struggle sometimes with the woo-woo stuff. I, I dig it and I completely agree with you. I dig it. I, I, um, it reminds me of, of when you're in that halfway age between do you believe in Santa Claus or not? It's like you want to so <laughs> badly not? and it really you know, makes it. Funner. I have so <laughs> many crystals all over my apartment and I put them in specific places. I have them in my office and I will literally put it on my forehead when I need to like relax or chill for whatever reason. But I think that there is a truth to that of like, yeah, that's because I'm focusing on it. Anytime you're mindful of the situation and, and mindful of what you're trying to harness, you know, it's, yeah. I love them, and they're just fucking pretty to look at, especially Labradorite. Yeah. You said you bought a Labradorite ring from her? That's, like, the prettiest one, in my opinion. Yeah. Gorgeous. It's like a dark ocean and a crystal. So when COVID first popped off, I noticed some stuff going on in your page about, like, the price of silver increasing and precious stones are increasing, and there's just... Obviously, it created a lot of, like, worldwide shortages. It stopped the supply chain. Like, it really fucked everything yeah. up to, like, so many levels. Like, there's levels to this shit. And so I'm just curious. I know you were talking about purchasing some equipment so that you could do more in-house silver processing to help with pricing and everything. So how's that going? Um, yeah. So when you make silver jewelry, you usually buy sheets of it. 
and then you draw out your design and then saw and you end up with a ton of scraps. So those scraps, you can send them in to be like returned to you in a form of store credit. Oh. But when COVID hit, they like put a $50 like base price on that. Like no matter what you have, it's going to be 50 bucks when it wasn't before. So that was like, okay, how do I keep prices low? So you can actually melt all that silver and you can flatten it back out yourself, you know. You do that? Um, so I do do that. I don't have a rolling mill yet where I can get it as thin as possible. So I'm ending up with like really (laughs) thick pieces that I'm actually hammering by hand, which ended up being pretty cool. Like it gives it this kind of organic shape and it's just like solid silver, you know? So it kind of opened up this whole other style uh, to work with. Uh, But the goal is to eventually get a rolling mill. That's awesome. And how do you, cool. like, source your stones? I'm just so curious about that. It seems so creative and, like, wildly out of my wheelhouse. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, the stone sourcing was tough at first. You know, it's like, because it's hard to buy stuff online, um, and that's kind of trial and error. But I found a really awesome seller based out of Canada, and her family is from Mexico, so they actually own an opal and an amber mine. What? <laughs> so we'll be visiting what? that. Yeah, and they're <laughs> they're really conscious about like sharing what it's like, you know, who's working there, so you know there's not you know like slave labor happening, and um, also they're doing all the work to make sure all those stones are ethically sourced. So that might come out in the price, you know, but it's saving me tons of time to be able to, you know, like just trust them and know that they're like good quality and um they're ethically sourced which is really important that's so cool yeah that goes back to what cody was saying like when you're buying at the big company you are you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes and so when you have someone who's being as transparent as you are with the process and everything thoughtful it's really worth the value like that's why i'm so much more excited to purchase maybe a more expensive like out of my comfort zone in a ring with you like I you know I say I was like okay this is a purchase like I'm going to budget this this is something I want but it's like made it so that's like I don't need a eight dollar ring from Target like I have this dope fucking ring made in Ventura by a woman who's supporting a family that is like mining in Mexico you know what I mean like there's so many layers to it that it like the money you vote with your dollars it just like can extend in such you a vote positive with your way. dollars i have an obscure question for you claire i just said as you sat down i just thought of a question it's been on my mind for a while now <laughs> now what is your connection with charman band ohio's, oh my God. ohio's yes. most famous charman b- band let's just fill them in if they do. i mean everybody knows you but let's just fill them in on your connection because i have a question regarding charman band <laughs> Um, so I've act. My partner is the lead singer of Charman, Zarian, and we've been together on and off. It'll be thirteen years Ooh, in whoa. June. So, yeah. Uh, and then his brother, who's like pretty much my brother, is the guitar player. And yeah, I've just known those guys my whole life. I know. Basically. I think I know where Cody's going. Well, Ohio, Ohio wouldn't be complete without <laughs> Charman Band. They're iconic. We, I mean, everybody loves them here in Ohio. And 
it was brought to my attention during the Super Bowl halftime show. You know, I'm big into the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm big into the weekend. <laughs> but now I have this internal struggle with the weekend because homies gotta support homies, locals gotta support locals. <laughs> and the evidence is there that the weekend has ripped off Charman Band with his aesthetic. <laughs> and you can't deny it. If you look at no. pictures, you cannot deny it. Tell it's me undeniable. about what was the so essentially the weekend was wearing a red blazer and a wrapped up face as if he got surgery, almost invisible man-esque. And that was his aesthetic for the entire Super Bowl halftime show, and in fact, media leading up to it. I believe, was it you? Someone sent yeah, me. I did. Someone sent me. But it's because Claire posted it, I think. Um, Next to each other, Charmian Band wearing quite literally. And when was that photo taken? A few years ago, like... I'd say maybe four or five years ago. The same ago. thing. Yeah. What was what was your partner and the rest of the band's reaction to that? So I actually <laughs> remember, I think we're laying in bed just like scrolling and he's like, oh my God, is that me? And it was like in the, you know, in the news or whatever. And I look and it's just this guy in the middle of the road. And I'm like, is that Zarian? Like I have to double take because like the sunglasses, the wrap face and then that. Um, that red, red jacket, yeah, it's so good. So it took a while, and then we actually didn't even know who this guy was. So oh. <laughs> that led to, yeah, us like researching it, and um, yeah, <laughs> funny. I'm I like, can't believe too, it. Like, like the Earth's too small for that to just be a coincidence. He he had to have seen it somewhere. I mean, the weekend's just a huge Charman fan. I think that's basically what that is. Yeah, well, it's also, <laughs> I feel like I'm seeing in mainstream, like, pop culture, um, just people starting to dress up like that when maybe, you know, like, for maybe shock value, like, yeah, um, when that kind of has just been around forever through punk, like, just dressing up and being weird, and then now they're, like, kind of letting loose, and I don't know. Well, yeah, I feel... I know like, what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I feel like mainstream... People are always stealing from, like, original creators. <laughs> I had a phase in seventh grade where I thought I was punk, and oh. I wanted to be punk so bad, and I can't remember why, but I would, like, go into because hot... Because punk people have this air about them. Well, of course. I mean, punk people are amazing, but you can't just, just wake up one day and be like, you know what? I'm a punk. And then just, like, <laughs> try to do it for a, for a month. I really would go to Hot Topic. I was not... I didn't know what I was doing. It just was... It just cracks me up. I got my ear pierced. Yeah. I'm the biggest poser that I've ever met. Like, I love that shit. Oh, I was poser. I'm a poser. I will admit it any day. But, you know, I'll do anything. I'll find any identity and just yeah. try to take hold it and grab onto it. I think, do you want, can I tell you something humiliating? Do you want to, it wasn't seventh grade. It was before. Do you want to know why I wanted to be a punk? <laughs> it just occurred to me. <laughs> Claire's going to walk up and leave the room. Okay, let's see. Like it. a true punk fan, true punk sitting next to me. The movie Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I and thought so, she was so cool. Yeah, she was a course. punk, and I was like, I should probably start playing guitar, and I, I <laughs> should probably be a punk. It didn't last the long. Honestly, that's why like my poser heart is like so happy to be in the room with Claire right now. Do you know what I mean? Does that Aww. make sense? Like I really want to yes, be a cool I told girl, you so she's like... cool. I, she just is cool. I just distinctly you have these weird memories. I just remember you walking by like the office at Nordoff. 
And like, I was just like, she's so tall and cool. <laughs> I felt like I was such a nerd in high school, though. Like, I was definitely bullied and like. You were? Oh, yeah. I was not a cool girl. Give me their names when we're done recording. I'll go TP Put their house. Right now. No, I don't. Honestly, I. I, I called out my bullies on the show. I feel like I blocked yeah. it all out of my memory. <laughs> like, I have lapses of just, I don't remember. <laughs> Am I? Okay. Total curveball, but is it fucked up for me to say that like a uh, little bowling like you gotta get a little bully yes it's fucked up does okay. <laughs> i think it's fucked up right no one know. deserves to be bullied maybe roasted but it's that's like different human nature i guess and we start it young <laughs> i don't know I yeah. think I've talked about this before. I think I blocked out my bullying because I had every reason to get bullied and I don't recall being bullied and I've had people apologize to me for bullying me and I'm like, who are you? I really, it's crazy. I mean, like some like like very low-key light bullying, I think, like builds a funnier, tougher person. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's... I don't I, want people like going home crying and like being There's depressed. different, or like, are you know, like <laughs> offing themselves, which happens okay. from bullying. Well, okay. it does. And no, that's I why know. bullying is so, such I a know. problem. But you want to know something? Light bullying and things like that. Perhaps I was light bullied if I don't remember. I'm a firm believer that if someone, if someone gives you a gift and you don't accept the gift, who owns the gift? The person that tried to give it to you. They just still hold on to it. I feel that way about anger and bullying and teasing. That if someone tries to give you this teasing, this anger, this issue, and you just like let it roll off you and you don't, and, and you just are secure enough and, and let it just roll off you, then it's just on them. Yeah. And that's kind of maddening. I'm ready to launch a full bullying conversation. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I <laughs> well, like that. Yeah, I feel like if I was, like, fully supported and had friends and stuff, so it was different. Like, I'm not supporting bullying. Look at me. Look at me go on a fucking PC rampage. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't support bullying. This, is, this episode is about Stephanie who thinks everyone should be bullied. I'm coming out as a pro-bullier. <laughs> Anti-vax. Pro bully. Oh, MG. Are Just, you gonna make patches? I gotta for her? go. <laughs> no, I'm fully vaccinated, guys. It's my dumb joke that's not funny. Claire, what is the what's the what's the bead project that's taken you the longest in beading? Oh, <laughs> that's some great audio. Um, probably the Black Sabbath patch because that one had to. Like, the loom is a certain size, so if your patch is going to be longer, then you have to roll the string over, and once you get to that point, you, like, roll it back. So your patch is, like, longer than the workspace that you have, and that's just crazy. Like, that was, like, 120 strings, like, over 3,000 beads. How big was um, it? It was pretty big. It was like a back patch. It looks I, like a foot long that you're, you're yeah, showing. Yeah. And I um, I didn't even less. sell it. I just did like a giveaway with it because I was like, I never <laughs> want to make this again. You're right. like, not for sale. That's pretty cool that you gave it away. Was the person freaking stoked yeah, that they got it? Yeah. They were very stoked. That's exciting. Um, Speaking of punks, have you eaten at Fatty Vegan? I haven't yet, but actually Candace is my hairdresser, so oh, cool. I love them. Nice. Um, yeah, but I haven't, I've been on a health kick lately, Good so I haven't made it over there. Hell High yeah. Five. But that'll be my uh, my treat yeah. soon. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Um, Anything coming up in the future that people can look out for? 
Um, so I just uh, si- I just signed up for a summer market, the findings market one. Awesome. Cool. Um, I just did the application, so I actually don't know if I'm going to be <laughs> Whitney? in it. Whitney? Yes. Are you listening? <laughs> um, well, I reached out and I was like, I'd love to do one. And then she's like, oh, there's actually one coming up. So, um, yeah, that's... I'm feeling more like I want to do... Before, I was like, I don't... I hate markets. Like, I just want to do, like, one once a year. And then after COVID, now I'm like, ooh, like... You want to connect with the people. Yeah, like, I'm digging digging markets again. Yeah, good. That's awesome. Cool. Well, we'll look out for the market. Claire is at BeatOff on Instagram. She makes incredible jewelry that sells out in, like, 24 hours. So, definitely, when she does her drops, keep your fucking eyes peeled. And make sure you spell it B-E-A-D-O-F-F. Otherwise, you're going to go to a whole different website. <laughs> and it's just not going to be a good look. And so, it's perfect. And what what is your website? Uh, it's shopbeatoff at or dot com not at <laughs> shopbeatoff.com <laughs> yeah. awesome. do you take commissions ever do you not even want to go there um, is yeah that I'm always open to that I feel like with the jewelry it's cool cause with making rings I'm always like guessing like what size should I yeah. make this so if I have some special stones I'll just like post them and if you want something with it holler I would die for a I would love to commission a like to design a old school 70s 80s i love 80s like hair bands like yeah. an 80s hair band style like kind of looks like def leppard or something that says topa talk and put it on and put it on a um on a denim jacket i would fucking <sighs> love that that'd be cool oh i would God. love that so we'll have to we talk about to. that because mine's gonna i gotta be more groovy but i love the 80s you, yours is yours needs to be groovy mine needs to be like 80s rocker it's Take. like our alter egos we're gonna talk about Take it all my money <laughs> I was going to say, if you invested in a ring, I'm investing in a Topa Talk patch. Well, Claire, thank you for coming and talking to us about beads and jewelry in the weekend. (laughs) 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 Moral of the story. Um, Definitely, you can support Claire in a million ways. What ways do you like to be supported online other than financially? Um, (laughs) Just like sharing is caring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I love... That's always a big one, just getting the word out. Get that algorithm game going, girl. Comment, like, share, subscribe, follow. (laughs) Save. I heard that saving a post on Instagram is the new way to best um, support an algorithm. Amazing. Like is at the hierarchy is save. Share, sure. comment, Call. like is the last thing. Yeah, you're on it. I'm on it <laughs> for no apparent reason. It's the game we all have to play. <laughs> Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you, Claire. We you're love you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Just as cool as ever. So do you think we could get The weekend and Charman <laughs> on the podcast to Obviously. fight? Do you think no. they would fight? No, I want to see The weekend like, gush over Charman. Do you think he would? Yeah, he'd be like, oh, style icon. I would want Charman to just punch him in the face and be like, you stole our look. No, people are nice. Speaking of face. Speaking of face. You want to talk about skin issues. Oh, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that, was that know, a good transition? I was trying to just come up with some notes. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I've had this like irritating skin rash on my face and it's been really frustrating. And I haven't really been doing anything about it except for like moisturizing the absolute shit out of it. And so I finally broke down and reached out to Darren Hope, who owns Earth Tonics. And Love. Um, I'm just really grateful for her help. 
she's someone we have partnered with in the past i've interviewed her on the show we were going to do a whole advertising campaign with her on this show and before COVID hit and obviously we pulled it because it was inappropriate <laughs> i got a free facial out of it i know and it wasn't appropriate to be asking for money from small businesses at that time so we pulled it but she is someone that i truly look up to that i think it has so much wisdom is so smart is a wealth of knowledge makes her own products from scratch earth tonics and so I reached out to her. I showed her the products I've been using. She really helped me out. My skin has already made a 360 in like a day. She's so great. Um, and I'm really, really grateful. She's, I love her products. Her. I love she has this bamboo scrub that I use. And I just, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's amazing. If, she gives great advice too. Mm-hmm. And um, I like her natural route. And her as a person as well. If there was like a warm cup of chamomile tea <laughs> as a human being, it would be her. Yes. She's just so fucking inviting and yeah. nurturing and nourishing and she just is a cool chick i fucking love darren hope i've known her forever yeah she's, we used to carpool i used to take her to school i did so it my awesome. mom used to take her to school yeah darren's fantastic do you think that the wearing the mask provides issues for your skin i've seen it provide issues for my skin yeah absolutely yeah yeah I, that's so, why I'm grateful I have a beard, honestly, because I think the beard protects, protects your skin from a lot. 100%. So you think, so what's going on with Gen Z? What's going on? Oh, Gen Z is gay as hell. I agree. Gen I think Z is gay as hell. the gender fluidity, the sexual fluidity is definitely there. They're fucking gay. And no, but I just read an article this morning that um, there's a record high of um, teens and youths coming out of the closet Amazing. as queer. And... I firmly believe it's because there's more and more representation and discussion about it. And I don't think it's that more people are gay now. I think it's the fact that more people are able to say they are gay now with confidence so and understanding. Safer. And of course, the right side is saying, you know, like, oh, media is trying to turn our children gay. And this is why there's so many gay people now. It's like, no, there's always been gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, just they haven't been available to come out of the closet yet. Yeah. And I think it's cool. And it, it shows that um, we're entering into a new era of people being, I mean, a staggering 50% of um, gay, bi, queer teens are out to their parents. Wow. According to this study, which is that, which is the highest it's ever been. That's amazing. I, and I, it makes me wonder what my life would look like if I had come out as a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think it's really cool. And I think that I just wanted to touch on that because I thought it was a really neat interview. And like we said, when you were talking to me about gay shit, it's like just as long as you um, show through actions that you support queer people as a parent or as a um, guardian or as someone who looks after kids, you are not pushing an agenda upon them or you're not asking them. You're just showing them that you'd support them no matter what. And that's I think why so many kids are coming out to their parents and don't you want that honesty with your children? I just think it's a cool thing. Yeah. And if you think about it, I've, so I'm reading this book that's called last call. It's a, I read primarily true crime books. So it's kind of a fucked up book, but it's called last call. It's about a um, serial killer who was stalking gay men and gay bars mm. in New York. And it gives you a lot of history about gay rights and what was going on. And like literally just in the late eighties and nineties, Um, And it still happens today, but I mean, gay men were basically told, like, don't even waste your time going to the cops when you get attacked. Men were getting attacked constantly in Mm -hmm. New York. You couldn't even walk down, like, the safe gay neighborhoods 
had like known curfews, known alleyways that you could walk. People were getting attacked at like high rates and they were trying to get the hate crime bill passed Mm -hmm. and they were including gay and lesbian folks. And so the Republicans in the House and Senate weren't passing the hate crime bill because the gay and lesbians were like tacked on to it because they were still being considered morally corrupt. And people wonder why fucking get so irritated with republicans people you know it's not that being too harsh it's so fucking ridiculous what year were you born 91 yeah so it's like the yeah. year you were born it was still con- and it still is obviously in religious spaces considered a sin but like moral like morally in across the board in the united states people thought that you were perverted mm-hmm. if you were a gay or lesbian yeah and it's it's just crazy to think about how far we can come if we continue to have open conversations and i mean gay people and lgbtq plus like i'm just lumping everyone together when i say gay um they still live in fear there's still places in the united states in our own hometown and everywhere yep. that people don't feel safe and you know what's scary i just had a conversation last night about this what's scary is that um as a gay person, you know, we have these rights right now, but they kind of are dictated by religion, which is why I get so triggered by religious stuff. And it's not that I just like hate religion or whatever. It's like religion just hates me and it's scary for me. It's not that I hate it. I'm just afraid of it. And I'm afraid of people that are diehard for it because it is scary whether the nicest people in the world to me, the most supportive people in the world will be part of these religions. And I love them and I get it. But at the same time, it scares me that they follow that too. It's not, they don't scare me, but their institution that they follow does. And, you know, for instance, look at marriage, gay marriage. Six years ago, that became legal in all states, which is bonkers to think about. And then that has nothing to do with the state, has only to do with religion. And if basically gay rights could so easily be taken away if the wrong people are in power. And that's why I am so political and frustrated when people are not political and people wonder why I take things so personally. It's because it's like my rights are on the line. Well, yeah, they could write a bill at any time that can strip another right. And it freaks me out. And you look at things like the census where they ask, you know, your sexual orientation. It's like, well, if the wrong person gets into power, they know I'm gay and where I live. And that's things like that scare me. And it's not a conspiracy. It's, reality and it's scary and it's it's like i think people forget that that's the reality of the situation and that's why i do have a fear of um religion all religions i really do i i i respect people's choice to to be in a religion but at the same time it's like the way i live is not a choice and you can't try to control me because of how i was born because of a choice you made to be part of a religion yeah right that just there's hate there and we've just seen it time and time again like the scapegoating in this country and in the world in general that like the gay community was blamed for aids and continues to be Mm -hmm. blamed and weaponized against you and it's just like it it's like the bigotry and hatred is extremely dangerous and microaggressions and it's just it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it makes me kind of sick to think about. But yeah, I had a cool conversation. It's like, I don't even know if I want to like get into it last last night, but it kind of ties in with like the, I don't want to get into it. Okay, that's it's fine. a little too much. It's a little it. too much. Speaking of too much, can I just say something? Yeah. I watched a show. Yeah. Speaking of too much, I watched a show on Amazon Pride called Them. Have you heard of it? No. It is um, a... 
right. It was presented. Okay. It was presented as a um, anthology show, so every season's gonna be a different story and cast. Right now, they have one season, and them. It's called that because essentially it's going to be about a different minority every season, I believe. And so the first season, and it has ties in with horror, so it's like American Horror Story adjacent. Is it Jordan Peele? No, but it's a, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's very much a knockoff of Jordan Peele, who beautifully does, I am such a fan of his movies, he beautifully does these terrifying movies that are just aesthetically gorgeous, directed beautifully, written incredibly and are such a, not only a metaphor, but pretty um, on paper, like this is what's the situation about, for instance, look at the movie Get Out. Have you seen Get Out? Mm-hmm. Incredible. And it takes um, it takes white liberals, it really puts them under a microscope and, and exposes what we, wh- who we are as a whole of like, um, being supportive on one hand, but you can appropriate these cultures. It's very, it's an interesting take and it's, he did such a great job with those movies and they were terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, And they were, they were current and they were necessary to see. And I think that everybody should watch the movie get out. I think it's great. Now the show them mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's had a lot of success with his movies, such as get out and us. And I think the twilight zone he does too, mm-hmm. which is great which is all spooky. He's incredible. Them is obviously kind of, you know, writing on the, on the tail of, of, because I say that because not because it's about a black family and it's a horror show, but because it's directed in an extremely similar way. The sets are extremely similar. It just look, you asked if it was him because it looks just like them. It is a knockoff, right? The difference is that where Jordan Peele does it in a, makes these movies in a scary, but beautiful way this show them is probably one of the most traumatic things I've ever watched. Oh man. And I'm not just saying that as like someone who can't handle scary things or whatever, but I, it wasn't about horror. I mean, it was horrifying, but not in a way sure there was ghosts on the show and everything, but there are, it's about a family in the fifties that moved from, um, North Carolina during the Jim, the Jim Crow era during what was called the Great Migration where they all moved to California that was meant to be more liberal. Of course, it was more liberal on paper, but then, and this is true life, but then, you know, people still were racist and um, they moved to Compton, which was a primarily like 99% white neighborhood at the time. And it's about how the neighbors kind of try to get them out of the neighborhood because they don't want them living there. Now, it's an interesting show and I was enjoying it. And then all of a sudden it just became a little too much. And I cannot imagine being a black person watching that show. Um, it made me physically ill. Literally. I felt nauseous. There was episode five without spoiling anything. I don't recommend the show. And I thought it was going to be a cool show. I looked it up after I watched episode five, I had to turn it off. And I lost sleep. I couldn't sleep all night. I think I went to bed at four in the morning because that episode upset me so much. Jeez. And I was looking it up and pretty much the general consensus is everybody's upset with this show. And I'm not just saying that from a place of white privilege. A lot of black people are speaking out against the show because it's too traumatic to watch. And they think that they're exploiting black trauma Mm, during a time when 
um, during a time when escapism on TV is important because we're dealing with enough in real life, but also representation is important as well, and telling these stories is important. But at what end? I mean, it's it was too traumatic. It was mm-hmm. some. It was the probably the hardest thing I've ever watched on scripted television in my life. Jeez, this scene. And if you do watch it, I have a coworker who loved it, and she had a difficult time with that episode as well. If you watch it. Just be careful with episode five. Make sure the kids aren't in the room. Make sure you're feeling strong. Make sure you um real they put a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, which I take I took lightly and I realized that was there for a reason. Yeah. And maybe I should have understood that because it did trigger me and it made me feel I could cry right now talking about it. it was the most upsetting thing I've ever watched. Jeez. So be careful watching that show and be careful watching shows that bank off of trauma and making trauma porn, sensational dude. sensationalizing trauma to make it um, groundbreaking and interesting. It's it's very triggering and very hard. And I recommend watching Get Out if you'd like a um, art artistic, beautiful, and um, incredible movie that is about white privilege and the black experience by a black director and a black writer. And I think that Jeez. <laughs> them is just a knockoff of it. And they did a terrible job, and everybody that I read was like upset about it. It was just. Such an upsetting show. But the wallpaper in the house, beautiful. <laughs> the sets, gorgeous. Amazing. But, oh my God. I just had to get that off my chest. Be careful. It was really a warning. If you have been, without giving away, if, if <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, if um, dead babies upset you and sexual assault upsets you, you probably want to skip watching that episode. Yikes. So it was the most disgusting and difficult thing I've ever watched in my life that was scripted because, you know, all you have to do is turn into the Derek Chauvin trial to see something disgusting and terrible to watch. Right. But that's real life. And that's why escapism and not banking off of the trauma of black people is so important. Yeah. Brutal. Oof. Oof. I need a I need Palo Santo. We need to like. <laughs> oh my god! So obviously, up next after talking about that light subject, but you want to focus on joy. <laughs> yeah. In your notes. I know. I saw that note and was like, uh, "Where Oof. are we going? Where are we going?" Oof. Um. Yeah. Let's just switch gears. <laughs> is now a good time to talk about that. Or do you want to talk about impulse control? Maybe lead into. F- let's it's hard do to go, impulse control because it's hard to lead into joy after talking about that. Yeah. Okay. So impulse control, and I mean this in like all facets of life. I really don't have impulse control, and I'm trying to work on it. And I, and I mean it in the sense of like, I'm a professional worker. So impulse control is extremely valuable. And it's in it's invaluable when it comes to setting boundaries and like over. Um, setting your schedule has to do with impulse control. Taking on new jobs just because you want one is impulse control. Like, so I just wanted to talk about it because I've been finding myself um, really tired and exhausted, and I noticed that my impulse control is like a lot harder to practice when I'm exhausted. Yeah, and I can be short with people or like guys. We've all walked away from a conversation and been like, "What the fuck did I just say?" Well, what do you why? mean by that? Like you were like, you know, you're just silly or you're too you share too much or you like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I'm gonna tell you everything about my life and then I'm gonna run away. Like I don't know. I just think impulse control is like an interesting idea. Yeah, and I I think that you're right. The more tired you are the harder it is. I mean, we really, if you imagine willpower and impulse control as a gas tank, we only have so much we could spend a day. That's why it's easier to make better choices in the morning than at night. That's why in the morning you make a smoothie and at night you eat (laughs) chips and salsa in bed. bed. (laughs) And it's because you make so, you make thousands of decisions every day and you have no choice but to 
So from what I have been, I've been, you know, working on, I obviously have impulse control issues and there's no denying that. And I heard if you just try to plan things out and make the good choices as easy as possible, it leaves more with willpower and impulse control by the end of the day. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I'm an extremely like routine, routine person like that vibes with me. But, um, no, it's funny too. Like I practiced impulse control yesterday in a moment that did maybe like doesn't resonate with people. That's why I want to talk about it. So a coworker of mine was like helping troubleshoot something on the phone with someone who was having issues with like passwords. Da, da, da. And of course, like I have my two cents, like I've been through what they're going through. Like I have insight, but it's not really appropriate for me to speak up in that moment. Like, you know, they're working on something together, but I, there's that impulse that I think we have to like butt ourselves into conversations. And I'm one of the worst at that. Yeah. I like always want to be involved in the conversation. So sometimes I'll come in midway and people are like, what? Like I'll butt in my opinion. They're like, no, that's actually not what we're talking about. Yeah. And so I really like, I literally didn't say a word when she got off the phone. I didn't put my two cents in. Like I didn't do anything. And I was like, I was so proud of myself in that and moment. That feels good. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, cause in that moment too, I'm like, why am I doing this? It's fulfilling the need in me to be right, to know something, to help others. And it's like, they don't want or need that. Like, actually, they're fine. And they're furthermore, fine. furthermore, that's just you deciding not to carry a burden of having an issue. And that's a great feeling to realize they got it. I don't need to butt into this. I don't need to put my two cents. I don't need to do this. Because what are you doing that for? Anyhow, there's a few things you want to be helpful. Yeah. You want to you want to get. Uh, you, I'm talking to you specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you don't like dilly dallying, or um, you don't like things to take longer than they should, and you don't like people to beat around the bush. So if someone's like, "I have an issue," you're like, "Can I just talk to them because I have the answer?" And like, let's, let's then just they'll get be over. to it. But it's not necessary, but, and it causes me anxiety. Yeah, when I do do it, so it's like it's not serving anyone. Yeah, I used to I used to do less about help, but more about just conversationally, I used to really butt in and, and try to like, you know, maybe in the past you'd be telling that story and I'd be like, before you even got to the point where you said, wait, oh, I do that all the time. So I mean, one time I was, and I'm still guilty of it doing it sometime, but I'm trying more and more because I genuinely am curious about what people have to say and I have to respect that. And I, I don't know. It's also, it's just, why carry the burden of having to input yourself into everything? Why can't you just experience it? Yeah, so that's like what I'm, that's kind of my new focus in the next couple of weeks that I'm going to try to work on. Yeah. Also, focus on joy is my mantra today because um, Wednesdays and Thursdays are my busiest days of the week. It's mm-hmm. like insane. It's not cute. It's not a good look, but I have made a deal with myself that I'm like, I get it. These, This is just how Wednesday and Thursday go. And I've been going through them like um separated kind of like i just have to get through the day which i hate living that way you don't want to live that way and so yeah yesterday i worked out with kaylee from eight to nine i went to work from 9 30 to 2 30 i worked on the business on hand up studios from 2 40 to 3 40 and then i worked at the bar from 4 to 10 and it was like i was i was feeling like mentally strong and it was like instead of making this a burden like try to find the joy in it because i have the privilege and resources to be doing the things that i want to be doing like all of these decisions i've made for myself i've booked myself this way and i have the privilege to do it i have an able body i can push myself and i understand that i'll have time to rest and like i've set up my schedule in such a way that benefits me and so i'm like i just need to go through the day and find the joy in it otherwise like what's the point 
Is that your way of coping with being overwhelmed by having a lot on your plate? Or do you have other tips and tricks? Because I find that um, life gets overwhelming sometimes. And I think that all of us are interested in ways of how to make a day where you are overwhelmed and can't get out of that. It's not like you could just step back and be like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. If you have to do something, whether that is you know, wake up, get your kids ready for Zoom, do Zoom, go to work, work, work out, yeah. feed your kids dinner. It's like you can't get away from all of it. I'm curious if anybody has ways that they, they make those overwhelming days more manageable. Yeah, when I was working my really hard job before I quit and I had the dog and the boyfriend and stuff, I remember I made this post on Instagram that actually got way more attention than I ever expected, but I posted a picture of my dog and he was on the leash and mm-hmm. I was like, I get to walk my dog after work. Oh, I don't yeah. have to. Like my brain was like, I have to walk auto when I get home. Like I have to walk out like, it, you know, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I just shifted my frame of reference and was like, I get to walk my dog. Like I get to walk outside and get fresh air and walk in a city I feel safe in at night and move my body. And this isn't toxic positivity because I do believe that like we can bit, we can, we can be frustrated about the hustle. Yeah. But the fact that we get to do it is pretty privileged and pretty great. And so that's kind of like I shift it to like, I I get to record with you and work both my jobs today. Yeah. Like that's what I get to do. That's true. And that's great. Like I, I didn't have to record with you. I could have canceled. Right. I would have killed you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But yeah, so it's like, I'm trying to find joy in the moments where I feel overwhelmed. And honestly, the other thing, when you feel overwhelmed, like Friday, I'm doing all admin work for the business, (laughs) for our home, for our personal expenses and the business. So it's like, you do need to, if you do not take care of like all the little things, like you're never going to feel good. So you do need to do what you need to do. (laughs) I need like rewards at all times. And it's like how I used to clean my apartment or do chores yeah. was such, it was so bad, but I miss it so much. <laughs> no, it was, I would put the timer on for 40 minutes. This was my weird routine. And I would do this all day. And it was my favorite way to spend the day. I would put timer on for 40 minutes, clean nonstop. Don't even look at my phone. Timer goes off, head to the balcony, two cigarettes and watch a <laughs> show for 20 minutes and then go back 40 more minutes and yeah. just repeat that until I've had about a half a pack of cigarettes and my apartment is sparkling and that's how I used to get homework done just yeah. without the cigarettes. And I'm like, I just, I'm looking for ways to make, um, my tasks. Like today I have a busy day too, but I like, how do I complain about the day I'm having today? Stephanie, we're doing this podcast. I'm getting lunch with my grandma, which is nice. But at the same time, I'm like, it's my day off. And it's like such a production doing lunch with her. And I feel guilty about I that. I think what you need to do though, is get to a place where, you're filling your cup up weekly so that on Thursday when you have a busy day off, you're not feeling empty at the beginning of the day. Like, are you truly like honoring yourself? And I know you do self-care acts, but like we also need to, as like a society break down what self-care means. Like it's like Mm -hmm. different, it's different, you know, self-care isn't always going to be a great meal and a glass of wine. Self-care is doing your chores early in the day so you could relax all day. And I know you do that kind of stuff, but it's like, I think when you better understand yourself and what you actually need, like for me, I'm like exhausted, but I know I have Friday off, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah, I need to surf. So I'm going to surf Friday. I'm going to do business admin all day. And then I'll have a nice dinner with my boyfriend. Like 
that's giving me life. Like your reward is the future. <laughs> like my reward is tomorrow. So yeah. it's like, I love the reward system. Like, and it's about feeling fulfilled in my life. I feel like someone told me last night that I have my, I, that I know what I'm doing and I have my life together. And I was like, you have to be fucking wow. kidding me. It's interesting how we perceive each other. I would say that on, I say that you have your life together, but I'm I don't wa- think any of us think we do. I'm 100% lost. Like if you have, <laughs> if you are listening to this and you think you have your life completely together, please DM us because I will be shocked. I don't know if anybody completely, and then furthermore, you know, what's interesting thinking about our parents at our age they didn't know what they were doing necessarily either. i think they had a better script and they stayed my parents stuck to the like traditional this is what you do in life script that yeah, was handed down from right. their parents i'm going against the grain of my family yeah everyone in my family is doing the same thing i'm going hard against oh, it so i feel too. in that sense i'm lost and i've talked to a lot of other business owners and i'm not necessarily lumping myself in with them but I see all this stuff going on Instagram. It's like, it doesn't have, it does not matter if you know what you're doing. Just keep doing stuff. Like we have to keep doing things. Yeah. Trying things, failing. I, we say in the office that I work in now, I'm just going to keep showing up. Like at the end of a hard day, I just say, well, I'm going to show up tomorrow. Like I'm just going to keep showing up. Yeah. Keep showing up. That's a nice mantra. Keep showing up. I'm just going to keep showing up and doing what I can. My work mantra lately is groundbreaking. It's never been said before. I don't think anybody's ever (laughs) said these words before. And in fact, I might have to talk to our next guest, not Claire, but Natalie about um, trademarking Trademarking. this because this is something that's never been said before. But I tell myself, do your best. (laughs) No, but literally, I know. I was ready for it to be hang in there. Hang in there. No, but literally, I just go, okay, do your best. You can't beat yourself up if you can only, I only beat myself up if I didn't do my best. And that's. How many of us are really going around half assing stuff? Me, well, me. Well, on certain tasks, I'm willing to so, half-ass. Certain, certain tasks, certain. I half-ass for yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. But this podcast? Really half-ass. Hey, it's 75% of it. Don't say that. I think that our podcast is, <laughs> hey, we got more reviews. You guys are so sweet. I looked this morning and people did more reviews. And I'm we like, love you. y'all are reviewing. Like you said, that um, podcast app that's purple, that Apple podcast, that's where you review. The review <laughs> is the top review. way to support us. It's the best way to support us because that's what the algorithm likes. If you could just leave us a quick review, we love them. I just like, they warm my heart. I was going to say, how can you, how can we explain to them how much it means to us? Because I, I don't think, think you understand. Know. I think they know. No, I don't think they do. Every time is- I get a review, I get a massive erection. I'm just kidding. I get a big heart boner. I feel like the Grinch in my heart boner. is growing and like... <gasps> It feels like purposeful. It feels exciting. I feel like maybe I do know what I'm doing. And even if I don't know what I'm doing, when people give us positive, I'm a dog. I need to be positively reinforced all the time. But yeah, it really means way more like you taking the time out of your life and doing that for us is a big, 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 big deal. You know, I don't look at our numbers. You know that I like don't want to know our numbers. I actually used to obsessively check. I haven't checked in a month. But I feel like... And I don't want to know if I'm wrong, but you haven't checked either. I feel like um, I, I feel like we're picking up speed here. I feel like we're picking up I'm speed. I'm feeling very supported by the community. Yeah, I feel like we're picking up speed, and I think that it's exciting. So on this episode, we interviewed Claire from Beat Off. Next episode, we are interviewing Natalie Puglisi, the Legal Babe podcast. So cool to Amazing. meet her. Um, we love you guys. Thanks so much. Are we done? Yeah. I got to pick up lunch for my grandma. I'm wrapping it up. You're wrapping it up? And we have a 20- Did you want to add anything you wanted to say? I'm good. I'm feeling great. I really, 
I'm I'm living my life. I want everyone out there to try to have a fucking awesome day. Please review. Please share to your stories as usual. Please text us or DM us what you liked. And then, of course, we have an email nobody's using, overheard805 at gmail.com. If you want to add a voice memo, a story, a letter, a text, I think it's because there's no real reason for that email. Nobody's using it. Well, if you want to, like, have us investigate something local, like, get in investigate there. Investigate something local? Like, what? Well, like it's a, overheard805, so do you if you remember there were decapitated shit. heads found a few years ago, one on Montgomery Street, one in Libby Park? Wow, no. I didn't know. I must have just should been we, blind to that. Should we investigate those? Uh, yeah, let's see. Let's follow up. Let's follow up. Let's on follow those. up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, this <laughs> has been Topa Talk. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not ready to let <laughs> We're go. Terrible. We're done. I want to do to this to all work. day. Do you? I have to go to lunch. Hey, you guys, I appreciate you listening. I love you guys so much. Love you more than you know. I love you, you know. so much. So much. So much. So I much. love you. I'm giving you a hug. <laughs> all right, bye. Bye. bye.